Okay, okay, okay. Here we go now. To the show now. With James from the internet. Now. James from the internet. Um, did you know, I used to do uh, videos and I would say, Hi, I'm I, Dan Simpson from the internet. I did that for years and then I saw you do it. Uh, and I'm like, well, I guess I can't do it anymore. This guy's got it. Um, yeah. I uh no no it was it was totally random. I uh I have the same name as a famous person who also happens to be a pardon my French, he's a real dick. Yeah. And uh I used to get a ludicrous amount of uh hate mail and messages back when Twitter was in its infancy and nobody yeah. knew how to use it. And uh it got ridiculous. So I literally just went to James from the internet and made it vague and uh you know, like like if you ever do one thing that gets any kind of traction, whatever you say or do or wearing, that's what you're stuck with for the rest of your life. Like Tim Pool's going to be wearing a beanie till he's 70. D. Ray oh McKesson's going to be wearing a puffy blue vest until like, you know, he's dead. Like, so I got stuck with James from the Internet. It's, it just happened. <laughs> At least uh, I wasn't wearing a puffy blue vest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those, it's sort of, it, I would like that blue vest though. It looks like a little thunder shirt. It would like keep me calm all day. I mean, it would, but, but then like, I, I think back to like him going to meet with Obama and literally <laughs> everybody's wearing a suit and a tie and he's wearing a shirt and a tie and a blue puppy vest. Like, Ooh, Ooh, that sucks. Like the, the white house PR staff was like a uh, D Ray. Could you come here a minute, please? Um, could you, could you put on the vest? Yeah. Next thing you know. You're, you're eating dinner in the White House wearing a fucking life preserver. Right. So, yeah, it just sort of happened. <laughs> Hilarious. James, give me one second to fix this one yeah. thing here. Yeah, buddy. All right. So uh, uh, I guess I guess let's get down to it. James, let's do the interview. Are you ready? Let's let's do it. Huh? Uh -huh. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, hey, let's start real quick. Uh your name, your pronouns, and where people could find you on the interwebs, James. Uh, my name is James. I am from the internet. I am a default. And uh, you can literally only find me on Twitch at this point because I've been banned <laughs> from every other platform. Um, but of course, it's not James from the internet because there's some random Russian dude named Yevgeny who decided to be James from the internet on Twitch. Oh. So I'm James from the Wonternet, which makes it so much better. James from the Winternet. I didn't know. Do you actually you say, have you been saying it like that to like teach people the difference? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So James, let's talk more. What are your current projects? What are you up to these days? What do you talk about on your Twitch channel? So I do a, a daily YouTube video for right. Act TV, mm -hmm. which I believe on YouTube is like written out. It's, a-C-T-D-O-T-T-V, but yep. it's act.tv. Uh, they've been around for probably since the end of Occupy. I've been working, they're, they're my client for now six years. Uh, <laughs> so I've been uh, I've been making content for them for a long time. I make memes every day, uh, which you'll see across scattered social media uh, platforms. I do a daily YouTube video. Uh, I tend to focus on very specific things, how the you know, the police state is fascistic, how all landlords are parasites, how end stage capitalism is a trip. Uh, but, you know, I, I try to put it in a lens of current uh, current events, but I definitely try to put some history, some theory. I try to put some more meat on the bone than just, you know, churning and burning an article that somebody else already wrote because you could read that yourself yeah. uh so i do that every day and then i stream on twitch like three days a week uh tuesdays thursdays and sundays in the afternoon and honestly it's kind of like my therapy at this point uh you know covid haven't left the house in 16 months i'm you know staring at a camera making videos you know very precise thought out videos you know, seven, eight hours a day. So like a couple of days a week I stream and it's more like I, I blow off steam and I, I you know, uh, we say we're going to cover 20 news articles. I cover two and then I play <laughs> disco and Russian hard bass and it's the day just gets away from me. I'm, I'm a very unprincipled streamer as opposed to my YouTube videos, which are very principled. So great. that's pretty the much what I do with my time. Yeah. Yeah, your videos are great. Your act.tv videos are wonderful. Um, and, and this is cool to like 
to meet someone like uh, th- 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 that does this. Like, folks, uh, you can m- do this. You can make this kind of content creation your life. And and uh, there's there are obviously different pathways, but uh, James is showing us one. Um, it's always sort of fascinating to go, oh, these are the people who do the things that I'm like watching on, on Facebook or on, or that pop up, uh, here and there on, on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I trip out, I work for Act TV and hmm. sometimes I trip out, like I'll go through the Facebook feed and, you know, all of a sudden I'll look and you know, we're producing like a live broadcast for, you know, Bernie Sanders and Nina Turner. And you're like, oh, wow, that's a trip. Yeah. We're doing that. Cool. Like. Cause, cause we're just, it's, it's so digital and it's so, uh, so decentralized nowadays with social media combined with the COVID and everybody doing live stream instead of in person. Mm-hmm. And there's literally, it's just like too much to keep up with, especially if you work or, you know, tend to dwell in the digital space. There's so much to keep up with. It's truly <laughs> it's exhausting. overwhelming. And like, it, I, I've sort of realized like, this is my full-time job, I guess, to like keep up with it. And there's no possible way one person can. So that's why I get immediately suspect of people who have like uh, an, an, an unreasonable amount of confidence in these, in, in, in certain kinds of things. I, I don't you know. You, you'll learn to dial it in. What other, uh, James, what else keeps you buzz, uh, busy? Hobbies? What? I don't know. Tell us about yourself. Uh, literally. Well, to your point, yeah, I found that aggregating social media is literally its own full time job. Like even if you do nothing else with it, like we're at that point uh, in between everything that's going on in the world, mm-hmm. uh, being very stuck and enclosed in small bubbles because of covid, uh, you know, most work being moved online, news being moved online. So I, I find that that trying to find ways to not consume content digitally that's that's really the hobby at this point. Not even having a hobby. The hobby is finding ways to not stare at a screen for six to eight hours at a clip. That's that, that's literally the thing. And uh, I'm up in New England, so it's literally like uh, it's like 40 degrees and raining right now. So, uh, you know, I know there are parts of the country where people are frolicking, and this is not one of them. We're we're not quite in the the frolic season yet, but, uh, you know, I, I like to get out, you know, we, we got rabbits and squirrels and shit running around the yard. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, that, but okay. Well, any, anything else that we want to mention in the, where are they now category before we chat about your leftward bound journey, James, um, anything I'm, else I'm keeping easy. you busy? Yeah. Y'all, y'all know where to find me. I, I do the thing and I, I say the things and it's cool. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. Hey, usually I, I shoehorn this in there uh, towards the beginning. But, James, of course, we've reached out to you in the spirit of building leftist unity, strength, and power. And, and by the way, thank you for being willing to join us today and, and being willing to share your story. Really appreciate that. Maybe I'll remember to edit this out and stick it at the beginning to make it less awkward. But I just want to make sure I told you. <laughs> cool. Appreciate it. Beautiful. All right. Now we get to discuss that leftward bound journey, James. Uh, a little bit, a uh, little bit of a chat uh, towards about your pathway towards towards leftism, towards the show. Uh, we don't tell people that they have to uh, define their ideology or their politics if they don't want to, if they're not comfortable. They're encouraged to if they want to. So feel free to sort of uh, dig in there, and we'll see where this takes us. Okay. Um, uh, well, I, I would say currently I'm I'm very comfortable telling people that I am I am on a good day. I am a pragmatic anarchist. Um, okay. I would, I would love to see a full disillusion of both capitalism and the state. Um, however, I acknowledge that you can't just, you know, put on a black sweatsuit and, you know, throw a brick through a window and scream, no Lords, no masters and huzzah, it's over, you know? So I, I, I tend to approach things from a, from a macro end, but I was for lack of a better word, I was pretty much a full chud for like forever. Like I, I just, I thought I was Joe six pack. It turned out I was Joe Chud. I just lacked the, you know, the vocabulary to know what it was. Mm. And I mean, like, like I, I don't say this in a bad way. Like I was, like I was, I don't know, an NPC, a background character. Uh, I, you know, I, I had a nondescript job. I drove a nondescript car. I did nondescript things for a nondescript amount of money, lather, rinse, repeat on the daily for decades. Like, like the vast, majority of people in the country. Um, so I was never, I was never very political. I think I was always pissed off. Uh, if you're familiar with the, with the aged old Billy Joel song, the angry young man with his working class ties and his radical plans, 
That was me. I was generally pissed off. I couldn't tell you why, because again, I, I lacked, I, I, I lacked the, 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 the wide view to sort of look around and go, Oh, that's why I'm pissed off. Like, and it turns off that most people are pissed off about capitalism. You just don't know it. Um, but you know, early on, like I was, Oh, you know, I grind 80 hours a week. If I'm lucky, I got a couple hundred bucks, you know, in the bank account at the end of the month. And you know, move from shitty apartment to shitty apartment with hand-me-down furniture to hand-me-down furniture. I did this for decades. And uh, after uh, after a brief dalliance uh, with the with the Ron Paul people, which was sort of probably the first amount of any sort of like political knowledge I had, because again, the, the Ron Paul people are, it's a very easy place to fall into if you're, quote, Joe Sixpack and you hang out with working class people. And it's like, Hey, all politicians suck, whatever. I don't care about politics and go, Hey, Hey, this guy's a politician. And he tells other politicians that they should stop taking people's money. And I'm like, huh, what? So I kind of got like, like I got sucked into that. I was living in Florida. So it's very easy, especially in Florida. Like it's the New Hampshire of the South, just with more mosquitoes and fewer books. Um, <laughs> you I know, like that. Never heard uh, that. Oh, cheers. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so no, so, uh, so, you know, like, like that was the first time I ever even like really paid attention. And by that point I was probably in like my late thirties and I've been grinding for decades. So I think it was more born out of like frustration and then finally talking to people like I worked with and then figuring out that everybody else was as pissed off as I was. Mm -hmm. And then one of them turned around and said, Hey, this guy's pissed off too. And I was like, Oh. And then it just like, after a while, I, I sort of, you know, when you hang out with a lot of libertarians, uh, you begin to realize how much you don't like libertarians. <laughs> so, so that, so that moved me away from that. Um, and then, uh, I, oddly enough, the, the person who was, who was my, I guess my co-pilot in moving towards the left and radicalism was uh, Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace. Nancy the, the, Grace. The, the like the like uh, uh, um, sensationalist uh, uh, helicopter uh, chasing. Uh, 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 not, no, she was more like a court TV type person. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, explain explain that. <laughs> How the fuck um, does that work? <laughs> she's a so she's a I communist, have- as we all know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, actually, she's Kappa. Uh, anyway, so yeah. I worked in TV, uh, on and off. You know, freelance, never, <laughs> never full time. Uh, I had friends who worked in TV. Uh, I sort of fell into a loop where I worked in uh, what's called live variety. It's essentially uh, award shows and live sporting events. Hmm. So the work is always sporadic. It's like a week at a time. Hmm. You make a lot of money because the demand for it is more, you know, you have to, why fly people all over the country to do a show from LA if there are people in the city you're already doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Atlanta after having lived in LA for a while. And so the advantage was that I had LA credits and I knew, you know, I had worked for line producers and, and segment producers and whatnot in LA. And so when they would put out an ad for a gig coming through Atlanta, like, you know, um, They'd have America's Got Talent auditions, you know, in L.A. It mm-hmm. would be like a week of work. So you think you could dance a week of work or uh, Gordon Ramsay comes in and does four episodes of Kitchen Nightmares and like, you know, mm-hmm. it's six weeks of work. Oh. And I randomly got a call one day. To do uh, to do Dancing with the Stars. Which which is sort of funny. And it's an L.A. show, but it just so happened that year that they had a guest there. One of their people lived in L.A. in Atlanta. And the first month or so of the shooting, they do at the person's home city. Like they fly the dancer out there and they find a dance studio and they do rehearsals in their city for like a month before they even go to L.A. for the live shows. And you film all that. And that becomes like the little vignette pieces they play before the the people dance around live. And they had like a producer who was pregnant I, I I literally asked backwards my way into it as a as a story producer, and I got um, Aaron Andrews from ESPN 
She was because she lived in Atlanta. And so I didn't think anything of it. I did the show for three weeks. I went home the next year. I got they called me up again and they don't tell you who the guests are because they have the big national announcement on like a Sunday night. Like it's a primetime announcement. Who's going to be on this season of Dancing with the Stars? And so I got Heinz Ward the second year. It was a, you know, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Um, and then the third year, I got Nancy Grace. Like three <laughs> years in a row, they had somebody from Atlanta. And literally, like, I didn't know about it. Like, I woke up on a Monday morning, and my phone was just filled with text messages of people like, ah, you got stuck with Nancy Grace. I'm like, what, huh, what? <laughs> so I end up following Nancy Grace around with a video camera for a month while she learns how to dance. Oh my God. I, I can't make this shit up, people. And... Basically, every day she'd rehearse for eight hours, and then uh, she'd take, like, me and the dancer dude who was her partner, this guy Tristan, and we'd go to the CNN Tower with her, and she'd do makeup in her pre-show, and then she'd shoot her studio show on HLN. It was, like, you know, the CNN version of Court TV. And she had a very small studio in the CNN Tower in Atlanta, and, like, it got to the point where I was going in with her every single day. So, essentially, like, I had a... I had a staff pass for CNN, even though I didn't work there because it was just easier than going through security. They have, they have bomb dogs, they have metal detectors. And this was you know, 10, 12 years ago. Mm. And so you get to walk around a lot when you have a pass and I've worked in live TV. So I understand what it's like to call a show. You know, there's eight, 10, 12 cameras out there and there's a producer and a director and they're talking to the camera people and they have them all up on the screen. They're, oh, camera two, go to camera three, go to this one. And it was right around when Occupy was happening in New York City. And so I'd walk by the studio a lot every day and you'd see they'd have 10, 15, 20 cameras up, you know, Zuccotti Park. And then it started being Zuccotti Park and then protests elsewhere. And... The day they evicted everybody from Zuccotti Park, I was I was literally standing in the control room in CNN. And it's like they have a wall at 64, like 64 monitors. And you can see like the cops are just going in. They're beating people like they owe them money. And they were running. They were running snatch and grab formations where they all get dressed up in tack gear. And they basically run into into like a pack of people run headlong like a spear like this and then other cops would come behind him and then they'd push everybody out of the way and then they'd run in and snatch the people that they want to snatch and run away and so they were they were getting the journalists the you know the leaders the the people who had the 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 live stream codes for OWS live stream and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah, this is this is what it looks like when the cops come in. They beat the shit out of you, whatever. Yeah. And I'm watching the CNN guy call the shots. Cops are wailing on people and they're picking shots and they're going to dudes like two blocks away, like some stone dude on a corner with a with a bongo eating a cheese sandwich with like a, you know, coexist T-shirt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nothing's happening here, Bob. Back to you. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I work in TV, so I know how the sausage is made. And yet right now I'm sitting here at this very moment and I'm utterly appalled watching the sausage. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, holy, like, you know, they do it, but you don't know they do it. You know, other yeah. people, oh, media's crooked. And like, oh, you know, not, not because it's, you know, the elitist cabal, you know, it's just they're fucking corporate and they're worried about their advertisers and their sponsors. Hey and I've known this for a decade because I've worked in TV. But I've never seen live obfuscation of news in real time before. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it like it really fucking tripped me out. And the next few weeks, like every day, like I just I stopped going to CNN with Nancy and I'd like go home after rehearsal and I'd like flip on the computer. And I started looking for all these live streams that I had seen up on the CNN board. And that was how I found even even fucking Tim Pool. I mean, back in the day, he's mm -hmm. like Tim Casters, Tim 98 or whatever, uh, you know, the OWS live stream, Global Revolution aka Global Rev, uh, Revolution News, Revenues, mm -hmm. uh, all these streamers in Ducati Park, you know, uh, uh, Mark Apollo, you know, Radowski was there at the time with We Are Change. Um, and I found myself just like glued to like my computer screen. I was staying up until like two, three o'clock in the morning every morning, just watching fucking live stream. And then I started finding live streams from Oakland and, you know, uh, Punk Boy in San Francisco and Oak for Annie and, and, and Stax in St. Louis and, 
And I just, I got sucked into that because I was like, I've been working in TV for 10 years producing absolute shit. And then when something important happens and I'm sitting in the TV studio, they literally did the shittiest thing possible. Yet I can turn on the computer and watch live unadulterated coverage without some fucking goon who's answering the red phone from the top floor to turn shots off. And it like, it blew my mind. Like it literally blew my mind. And like two weeks later, I, I walked down into the, the park in downtown Atlanta and I was like, Hey, my name's James and I work in TV. What can I do? And somebody came over with a laptop of the webcam and they're like, congratulations, you're the live streamer. And they walked away. And, I was like, <laughs> oh, and that was it. And like, I haven't had a real job since then that CNN job with with Nancy Grace is literally the last, the last job I had. I've been doing this for a decade now. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think anyone said Nancy Grace, and I don't think they'll ever say it again. I win. You win the show. I win. This is your show Stay now. Deepest high school football rules. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so I have to insist we move along, James, uh, only because that was just a big, long story. And, well, the truth is, uh, normally we have a we have a hard stop at the hour. I don't uh, uh, right now, and we can go a little over time if, if you're okay. You do you, brother. I'm easy right. peasy. I don't, I don't stream well, for a couple hours. Then, then let's keep digging in. I want to I continue to ask you more than about your leftward-bound journey. I, 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 you're a fascinating guy, and, and that story was so good. I'm wondering what other uh, uh, tricks you got up your sleeve for us today. Uh, James, yeah, that was the big nasty man. That was it. That, that was, was okay. That was pretty that damn was good, though. It's all downhill from here. All right. Well, if it's if it's you know uh, if it's degrees worse, that's fine. You know, uh, but because uh, that was pretty darn good. All right, James. Hey, let's keep chatting. What what other? So you, okay, you you saw you saw Occupy. You saw um you saw uh you saw what Noam Chomsky was talking about um. Uh, manufactured consent, uh, what the, how, how, um, the media makes their media and how it's not uh, exactly truthful. Uh, you saw, uh, uh, the, the Occupy, uh, protesters get their asses beat. Um, and, um, and, and that was, that was sort of maybe one of the things that kicked you off towards leftism as you became their, 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 their streamer. What, what else? What, uh, what other aspects of politics of, uh, per, perhaps leftist theory or of, or of history in general, any other personal experiences uh, of, of your own or of others that help to pull your heart and mind to the left? Um, I like, I, I got sucked in rather quick. Like I went from, from somebody who was fairly, you know, apolitical up until maybe, you know, the Ron Paul brush, like two years before the Occupy thing. So I didn't, in a weird sort of way, I just ran headlong because I literally, I had no context. I had no fear because I didn't know what they, like, I literally didn't know what I didn't know. So I'm just, and and I tend to be, uh, I'm like the Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you go running through the wall. Like, I'm like that anyway. It's, I have two gears, which is sleeping and Kool-Aid guy. Like, that's, <laughs> so, so I did like the Kool-Aid guy shit. And, uh. I mean, like Atlanta was very specific because Atlanta during the Occupy became sort of like the blueprint for home eviction defense because hmm. uh, Atlanta was one of the largest housing markets that got just slaughtered, slaughtered by the by the 08 housing crash. And hmm. they had a nice combination. They, they had sort of like an anarchist block that worked out of uh, an anarchist house that was already in Atlanta where they did things like food, not bombs, which I had never heard of you know, up until then. Um, and they also had a very strong radical black caucus just because, you know, I mean, where, where the park was in Atlanta was literally eight blocks away from, from, uh, from MLK's church. Like, okay. so it, it's that area, like John, John Lewis's former district, like right down there. Um, so it was very interesting in that it was a lot of fighting. Like it took me a week with leftists to realize that, Oh my God, leftists! The the circular leftist firing squad is just you watch it a few times. You're like, what? This is why y'all lose. Okay, God. But when they did come to consensus and come up with something, and everybody had a piece of it, 
was fucking phenomenal. It was a, it was a diversity of ideas and tactics. It was so Atlanta became very good at home defense. They would literally march 50 anarchists over to somebody's house that was about to get foreclosed on and they'd put up tents in the people's front yard and then they go steal police barricades and put the police barricades around the house, uh, like the metal ones that you could zip tie together. Mm. And then they'd have 50 anarchists sleeping in tents on the front yard. And to evict somebody, a sheriff has to officially post an eviction notice on a front door. So they had the radical black caucus and the people who knew the neighborhoods driving around and like messaging each other on two-way Nextel beepers. So you'd know when sheriffs and cops were coming. And then you'd have 50 anarchists sitting in the front yard of a house to where you literally can't walk up to it. And this is like in predominantly black neighborhoods. It's not like they were out in like the bougie white suburbs. Like, and it's 50 white anarchists whose like parents like paid to send them to Georgia Tech. <laughs> they're just like, they're just like living in tents in somebody's front yard. And they got very good at it in Atlanta. They uh, they would break up the monthly uh, home uh, sales on on the front steps of City Hall for repossessions with like noise or noise and sound demonstrations to the point where they couldn't do the auctions to sell off the houses. Uh, other occupiers from around the country sent people to Atlanta to like learn their home eviction defense tactics. And so that was like, because that was like the, a lot of the focus of what people were doing. That's a lot of what I'd live stream. I get to spend a lot of time with, you know, anarchists. And I got to learn like a lot of the theory and the, the, you know, the economic structure of the problem with housing and, and finance in general. And, you know, then you talk to the radical black caucus and you now 50, 60, 70 year old people who've lived in this part of Atlanta for three generations who have seen redlining, they've seen regentrification, they've seen how subsidies go to other areas to further, you know, knock down redlined areas. And so it wasn't like I picked up a book and read some, you know, a, a piece of theory and went, oh, well, now I'm really into economics. <laughs> like, it was like I was like neck deep in shit from day one. And it wasn't until like every mm -hmm. once in a while I'd get a chance to come up for the air and like gulp and look around and be like, oh, wait, now this, this and this makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so it was like it was a slow it was a slow process from mostly from covering events. But it was because the the people who were involved had a lot of knowledge and shared their knowledge in in action rather than just in theory. It wasn't just everybody went to like a barn somewhere and read Marx and talked about Marx. Like you're literally learning about like police defense tactics, like while police are tear gassing you, like it's, it's an effective mechanism to, to uh, inspire you to learn quick. So that, that's sort of just, that, that was kind of like how the evolution happened, but I definitely got into, into the, the, the power dynamic and the triangle of economics as it relates to, as it relates to housing you know, subsidies and zoning and uh, banking and finance infrastructure, because that was really like the triangle of doom that just hmm. was happening in 08. That was sort of like the epicenter of of everything that happened and, and hmm. why people were pissed off. And for the first time in my life, I knew why I was angry and I could articulate it. And it made me very fucking dangerous. Hmm. So it's, it, it was sort of, you know, it wasn't just, I, I mean, I know people who like, oh, I was going to college and I randomly went to a lecture and there was this Chomsky dude and you know the next thing I know I'm I'm wearing a red hat and you know screaming down with the bourgeoisie like it wasn't anything like that at all like it it was years and years and years of just covering stuff and and talking to people while I was on the ground places um um very very uh unique pathway there uh boots on the ground uh uh the the boots on the ground um uh, a, a pipeline to leftism, you know, you realize you're leftist through your actions. You're like, holy shit, I'm a leftist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or not, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, no, 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 no. Trust me that yeah. I, I spent, I spent so much time being like horrible to the anarchists cause they were just, it was a disorganized shit show yeah. all the time. Plus they were like, a lot of them are bougie anarchists whose parents are paying <laughs> 50 grand a year for them to go to college. And I'm like, mm. you know, and I'm 40 <laughs> and I still got that chip on my shoulder. Cause I just finished grinding those shitty jobs for three decades. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so, so like once I realized I was an actual anarchist, it still took me years to actually say it. Because I was like, oh, God, I'm one of those people who I literally like spent years insulting. So it was the, the whole thing's very it's, it's a humbling evolutionary experience. It can be. 
<laughs> can't be James. But James, uh, it's valuable. I think that you're sharing this with us. Yeah. Awesome. Let's keep digging in. I want to ask you next, uh, if you could distill your life and experiences and perhaps imagine uh, having a conversation with a younger version of yourself or just sharing with someone in chat, what life wisdom could you share in this next category? Hashtag be best. Hmm. See, sadly, I, I think from a more pragmatic standpoint, mm -hmm. I would think things like don't want to eat the pills that have the brown flecks in them, um, things like that. Um, I, I need... <laughs> right over my head. Don't eat the pills with brown flecks. Uh, it's a disco biscuit reference. Okay, you... sorry. Yeah. Um, no, honestly, like, like if I had, if I had quote like woken up earlier, let's say. You know, if like, if a younger me or somebody like me, I had met me in college and, you know, started me down the road of Marx or leftist theory or whatever else. I don't know that I would have ended up here. So, like, I don't like, like, I don't think I don't think back like, oh, look, there's like 20 years of leftism. I just left on the table. I left all that meat on the bone. And I don't think of it that way because I don't think I would have been here if if I'd like if, if I had had fucking knowledge and skill in my head when I was like 20, I'd have been I'd have been in jail by 25. Like I totally would have. Um, so, I mean, I, I would tell myself then the same things I tell myself today that I still ignore. Like you need <laughs> to fucking slow down or you're going to blow a gasket like you can't do everything yourself. Um, you can't do everything in a day. Like uh, my problem's always been knowing limitations. Uh, because I've, I kind of always had the the view of, you know, you put limitations on yourself. If you don't, oh, you can reach for the stars. That's that's the kind of thing you tell yourself when you're grinding, you know, 80 hours a week for shit bag. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe the, 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 the not blow a gasket thing and you got to chill sometimes. And I guess now what, what being a woke or leftist person would, would what, what y'all call self-care now. I never did that shit. Mm. And, and I'd have probably like, if I could go back and tell myself anything, it would be maybe save a little bit, like leave a little in the tank. Like, cause I was always like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to make it to 40. And now I'm at 40 and I'm all like high mileage and all my craps broke down. And I'm like, shit, I'm not dead, but I used all my vital energy. Like now what do I do? It's <laughs> not like I'm all messed up. Like I wish I had, I wish I hadn't been like, drive it. Like you stole it every single day. <laughs> For decades, you know, maybe if I'd left a little gas in the tank, I wouldn't be so damn tired now. That would probably be the best piece of advice I could give myself. I'm sorry it's not leftist, like a leftist sort of piece of advice. But in general, like it, it, if you learn how to cope and, and deal with your life and find balance, everything becomes easier. And again, when, you, when you're moving at 100 miles an hour all the time, you just you, you lack the ability to have that perspective. And I had to get like old and broken down to figure it out. James, leave some gas in the tank. Excellent advice. I like that one a lot. I like that one. So the then that brings us to the leftist inquisition, the questionnaire that everyone loves and nobody hates. Uh, feel free to pass or skip any question. I won't take it personally. Yeah. Hell passes. Come on. Hit me. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's go. First question then. Do you have a favorite word? Fuck. Fuck. I love it. Uh, you can't fucking swear on this channel, though. Shit. Shit. Oh, fuck. Sorry, man. God damn uh, it, dude. Fuck. From, from a utilitarian standpoint, you yeah. can use it as every single part of speech. Um, you can use it for almost any any emotion in, in utterance or exclamation. Um, I, I'm very much, you know, a... a pragmatic functionality logistics sort of person yep. and something plug and play like that. It's, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's what you look for. That's the go-to. It's, <laughs> it's Sam Jackson taught himself to stop stuttering saying motherfucker. Really? That's why he says it all the time. He has a yeah? bad stutter. I didn't know that. Literally, that's how he would like reground himself when he had a bad stuttering problem. He found it was a word that he could say it very loudly and quickly and he didn't stutter it. And it would like stop him from getting on a stuttering jag. Hey. So that's why it's the word he plugs in everywhere when yeah. he's searching for a word before the stutter kicks in. So you do that wrong. You sound like you have Tourette's though. 
I mean, that, yeah. it's a possibility. But yeah, yeah I, I think I think fuck is just a phenomenally wonderful word. Do you have a least favorite word? Moist. Yeah. Yeah. It, why? <laughs> why? Damp suffices. You're good. <laughs> so it's not the idea of what it. It's it's also the. Is it the way it sounds? It's the sound of mo- yeah. like I can hear the moistness in people's mouth when they say the word. Like anytime somebody says moist, this is what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah, see, you're like, it's the worst. It's just the worst. Oh my gosh, moist. <laughs> All right, then James, do you have a a favorite drug, vice, or guilty pleasure? If you want, you can name one of each. Like previous or current? Sure. Yes or no? I, I, don't, I don't. There's uh, no pre- wrong pre- answer. Previously, all of them. <laughs> yeah, at the um, same time. <laughs> all right. Hey, if I take the blue one and the green one, will I see red? Let's find out. Um, ah, dude, it's, it's all in the name of science. Um, no, I, I would say vice, honestly, um, probably smoking. It's, it's the one thing I haven't quit doing. Cigarettes. Like I quit everything else. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to. All the, all like all the hard, bad drugs I used to do, you know, even drinking, like I can't, you know, my wife laughs if I have like a yeah. second beer at night, she's like, oh, someone's going to sleep. <laughs> like I, I, but, but I still smoke. That's, that's, uh, it's probably the, the, that's, that's the one that hung on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, guilty pleasure or pass? Uh, guilty pleasure. I'm. I, I think video games sounds sounds kind of silly until you realize that I'm like a 50 year old guy with bad eyesight and like I've been sitting at a computer for ages. So I like uh, I like playing on my Xbox with headphones on and I like playing Fortnite and listening to 10 year old kids cry after I kill them <laughs> in a video game, literally <laughs> in a video game where somebody clips right. that literally in the video game. Um because it's the only time it's socially acceptable to make a 10-year-old child cry and then yeah. laugh because they can't see you. That's really funny. Uh, I also love Fortnite. Um, there you go. See? Yeah, it's yeah. a dirty pleasure people don't discuss. It is sort of a guilty pleasure. Um, then uh, <laughs> next question. Uh, I don't know. You sort of look like – oh, hold on, hold on. My next question is about sounds, actually. Hold on. I got ahead of myself there. All right. Uh, James, a favorite sound or a noise that you love? Favorite sound or noise I love. Um, hmm. Ah, ah, I got it. I got it. Uh, the 808. I am a, I am a sucker for the tweaky high 808, very specific, like Florida electro breaks nineties, 808 sound. The, uh, the drum machine, the TRO 808. Yeah, yeah. When, okay. when you hear an 808 hi-hat going, and mm-hmm. you just, you know what it is. Like, it's 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 very specific. It's not like nobody else uses it in the same way. It's a it's a very drilled down. I, I hear that. It's, a, it's like Pavlovian every time. Uh, beautiful. Is there a sound or noise that you do uh, intensely dislike or even hate? The, uh, the sound of a car collision. Ooh. I've been in so many car accidents, and oh. it's the... After a while, you you don't like think about it or like your visual memory of stuff gets distorted. But like that crumble sound, that half second crumble sound like every time that. Yeah, I hate that. Like I could be walking down the road and hear that sound. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I could tell you how bad a collision it was by the sound. Mm. Uh, it, it, it just like it sets me off. Yeah. Yikes. That sounds terrible. You're right. The next question is a favorite cheese question you look like a guy that may have been raised in wisconsin otherwise you only get one answer to this question your favorite cheese if you if you were raised in wisconsin you get two that's the rule wow now now i feel cheated no uh new york actually and uh (laughs) as such since it's new york i'm gonna go with the provolone um now granted it's a hot cheese but uh you can slice it. It's good on sandwiches. You use it in Parmesan's. You use it in lasagna. It uh, it stands up good, mm-hmm. and it has enough flavor, but it's still utilitarian. It's not like that crappy American cheese, you know, in the the slices in the plastic. It's just yeah. oil. 
Like, yeah. like a good, like smoky provolone, clutch, clutch cheese. And the melt factor is great. Like it literally almost looks like cellophane when you melt it, right? Like it's, it's good stuff. Provolone. Yep. Provolone. Um, all right. So that brings us to the reincarnation question. If you came back as some plant or a non-human animal, and if you somehow could choose, what would it be? Meerkat. Ooh, points for originality. They're dope as hell. Yeah. They're they're very they're communal. They they live together. They hunt together. Um, they're all freaking adorable. Um, they they tend to kill enemies that are much larger and much more powerful than themselves through the power of unity. Um, and they're resourceful as hell. And they got cute little fingers like raccoons. <laughs> Awesome. Meerkats, I love that answer. Haven't heard that one yet. All right, then. If heaven and God exist, what would you like to hear God say as you arrive at your version, whatever your version of the pearly gates uh, at the end of your life? What would you like to hear God say? Um, uh, I'm not going to hold the six years of atheism against you. I don't <laughs> that's pretty much it like like i'm I'm full on betting that that's not a thing with the way i live my life so i got if that ends up being a thing i got nothing like i'm literally showing up going oh shit oh man oh god god oh i can't even say oh god now it's oh you like i just that'd be bad you fucking trade rack man <laughs> oh, oops shit. Yeah, my bad. Well, prove, <laughs> prove me wrong, I guess. Yeah, why? Yeah, all you had to do was show up once before, and I would. Okay, anyways. Um, all right. So, James, I'd love for you to uh, name name an influential leftist, uh, be them dead or alive, that you'd like to meet, and we say you can you can um, define leftist any way you like. <clears throat> I would probably go, and it's almost like Homerish or heroish, but I would go Zach De La Rocha. Um, cause I've literally gotten to meet everybody from rage. I've gotten to see prophets of rage. Um, I've never gotten to talk Got to it. Zach and he is like the mad warrior poet. And, uh, you know, like, like everybody's capable of some form of, uh, creative expression and some sort of art. And then the, the, the thing you're really left to wonder when you look at people is how people who are exceptional at it, like. How do they, like, everybody has something in them. Like, how do you, how do you pull that out? Like, how do you, how do you harness that and pull that out? And like, if you, you take all the Rage Against the Machine music away and you just read the lyrics to, to Rage songs, like in, in their poetic form. And it's just, it's, it's like this flawless combination of like raw and beautiful. And it, it, like you read it and it comes from a place where, you know, somebody had to pull that out of themselves. Like that just doesn't happen um so to be able to know how to sort of like like harness like that rawest form of things and then create something with it that would be that that would be aces that's you you'd have so many more people articulating messages in such a such a clearer form and in such a more inspiring and beautiful form rather than nowadays where it's just how many times can i motherfuck somebody in 280 characters on twitter like we're, we're past that point. And I, I'd love to be able to sort of like capture that and figure that out. Yeah. Um, let's say you had the chance, you had the chance to chat with Zach and have any kind of hypothetical conversation that you can imagine. What, uh, how do you think it might go? What do you think they might say? Oh God. I've, I've no idea. I've literally never even met the man. So I have no, I have no yeah. gauge of him as a person. I got the idea that, that he tends to spend a lot of time by himself and a lot of time on like the writing process and stuff. Um, so I, I would have to assume it would be like pulling teeth because <laughs> uh. most people who are like that, who are very, like, who are very much in their, their art, their creativity is very much like it's an internalized process. Yeah. Like people like that, they're, they're tough to nail their foot to the floor. Yeah. It's, because because they're off at a corner somewhere, sort of just pulling all that energy in and figuring out what to do with it. Mm. Okay, then uh, that brings us to one more question. Uh, a favorite leftist book 
Any, anything you liked reading? It doesn't look like you, you do been, a lot of reading. I mean, wait, I, hold on. Sorry. Yeah, I was wrong. I, I, I read a lot of <laughs> trash fiction. I, I read a lot as, as, as almost like an exercise. Um, I, I loved, I, I hate to say it because it's, it's almost, it's almost passe now, but, um, when you go back to, uh, Taibi's earlier stuff, when he was in on the Cokes and the giant vampire squid, um, they, there was a whole section of books like, like right in there. Cause that, that was right around when Naomi Klein put out, um, uh, disaster capitalism, was it? Or, um, I'm sorry. I, I have it right here in my, I know uh, I'm shock doctrine. Yeah. Shock doctrine. Um, so, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff in that vein, but, uh, Taibi was one of the people I've always said he, he had that rare gift where he can take something that's difficult and explain it simply, but not make you feel like you're being talked down to so that you'll continue to engage with the content. Mm -hmm. And so you can read like five, 600, you know, a, you know, a full hardcover and, especially when he's talking about economics and stuff like that, he'll drill it down to where you can understand it and then you can apply it to stuff. Mm -hmm. And sort of once you make that connection in your head, it makes it a lot easier to digest next level stuff. Um, so I'd say probably almost, almost any of his, any of his earlier stuff. I like, Great. I really enjoyed. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, are we talking about like his Rolling Stone stuff? Like when he's in Rolling Stone writing for the Rolling Stone or did, did does he have other books and stuff that he's written that I'm not I mean, aware of? Yes. He's got like six books, I think. Damn. Now. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Okay. I I did a little bit of research for for his the for the the I can't breathe book he did for for Erica, okay. um, but it was like much later. It was like a decade, like a decade later after he had written a lot of his his Occupy based, um, you know, Vampire Squid, Shearson Lehman. He was okay. Okay. he was all in on a lot of that stuff early on. Yeah, Grift somebody just put it in your chat. Griftopia was really good. I think I'm in a chapter in Griftopia, actually. <laughs> you you're gonna what? Griftopia? I, I think I was in a chapter of Griftopia. Oh, oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Man, it's it's more it's my life is so random, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, that I I relate in some level, but uh not on that level. <laughs> um Wow, this okay. That's that's a good one. Um I'll 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 try to dig into some Matt Taibi. Uh Good to know. So, uh, wait, what's my next question? It's a good one, I'm sure. Oh, it's our last question, James. Uh, do you have any streamer tips uh, as uh, as as a viewer of streams, as a, as is now a a streamer yourself, a pro streamer? What tips would you give either to a, a veteran or a beginner? You will never get to all of your content ever, e ever, ever. You will never get to all of your content. Just beat that in people's heads. You will never, I don't care how many, oh, I got 36 tabs and a bucket of memes. Let's see what we do. Five hours later, you're like, oh, look, let's move on to our third story. Like, trust me, people, I, you will never stay on track. You will never get to all your content. And if any of you do, please teach me how, please, <laughs> please. Just be cool with it. Just accept yeah. you're not going to get to all the content. You're going to feel much better about yourself. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> very distracting chat for you, huh? Uh, I, I, well, I, you know, I, I, I like to, I do the streaming because of the interaction. Cause I make the videos yeah. every day and it's the videos are very much in a vacuum. So when I stream, I'm literally having a conversation with 80 people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just me ranting and raving. So I tend to get sucked into chat. The next thing I know it's three hours later and I've covered no news, but I'm still in that politics channel. You know where to find yeah. me. Yeah. I will say James, you uh, were fortunate enough to skip uh, a phase of streaming that many uh, beginning streamers have to have to uh, force themselves through, which is literally talking to an empty chat room for months oh, at I a time. <laughs> yeah. That? You're on, on Twitch. Yeah. And so in no. 2019, in 2019, late okay. 2019, Act TV started on Twitch. Oh, and it was myself and Juliana. And I would basically break down uh, Fox and Friends every day, having been somebody who was a producer and worked in TV. Yeah. And the first month or so we were trying to stream at night. Like we did, we were up against like Hassan and like, we just like popped up in like politics. We we're like, yeah, let's watch four hours of Fox and Friends. And 
after like a week, I was like, Juliana, I'm really glad I have you because technically I'm not talking to myself. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like so, that. So, there, there's All some right. more advice. If you're just starting off streaming, have a co-host. At least you have someone to talk to for a while. It's cool. It's good. All right. Well, good in advice. that case, in that case, you've proved your streamer creds and uh, you're oh. uh, yeah, the, the diploma's in the mail. Um Okay, well, uh, James, that wraps up my questions for you. This uh, brings us to your chance to ask me any questions. If the chat has any questions for James, this is your chance, and you could literally ignore everything that you don't want to answer, and uh, and yeah, uh, or or oh, just no, ignore no, everything. I answer just about everything. Uh, cool. So yeah, yeah question. I, I do have a question for you. I thought about this now that you've done like eighty of these interviews, yeah, and you're still doing them, and they're scheduled. Yeah. Here's my question, Dan. When do I get you come on when I'm streaming and have a totally non-planned yeah. no questionnaire yeah. hangout shoot the shit conversation? Okay. That's my well, question. How do we well, make that happen? Well, we stream at different times. You usually stream when? Uh, three to seven Eastern. So for you, it'd be yeah. like two to six. Yeah. So normally when I stream. sort of like when I'm wrapping up is when you're uh, doing maybe in the it's middle or towards. Okay. Um. Well, here's the thing. Pretty much, pretty much any time we could, we can make that happen. And James, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but we're planting seeds right here. You know, I'm hoping to bring back my guests. This is such a formal, you know, structured chat and it sort of sucks in a sense, but it's good. We get to get to know you, um, and, uh, and, and plant some seeds so that we can return and see what's growing and maybe plant some more. But, you know, uh, in return visits, uh, I hope, uh, you know, next time we chat, yeah, we're going to throw the, the format out the window. Or we're just going to chat about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Voice. Yeah, that's that's the whole that's sort of the the idea so far. I'm calling this round one, and then you know our round two chat can round three, round four, whatever, anything we want. Uh, I I, I want to be able to, to to sort of you know uh, uh, try to connect some links in our community, and then and then uh, you know plant some seeds and, and see what grows. Yeah, buddy. Nice. Yeah, idea. Hold on. I'm, 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 oh, I was wondering this myself. Hilarious. Yeah, what got you banned on Twitter? Uh, I called Tommy Laren the sixth generation anchor baby of an undocumented Russian immigrant uh, about a oh week God. after I uh, I got into it with Steven Crowder over his socialism is for figs t-shirt. And apparently oh, anchor yeah, baby yeah, yeah. is a hate term. And so, oh. of course, Tommy Laren, you know, the one who's all pro free speech and against yeah. snowflakes, uh, her and all her snowflakes probably mass reported me. And I got a lifetime ban for hateful conduct. I've been banned for about two and a half years now from from uh, Twitter. Uh, I got my live stream account banned by Max Hote, the guy who owns and runs live stream because I got sick of free beta testing his platform and crapped all over him in a magazine interview. Um, I'm still on Facebook, but my large page, which has 1.3 million followers, is uh, almost permanently suspended. It's just I always pick up 30-day bans every time I post on it now. It's the last... Uh, big anarchist page on Facebook. So it's just lying fallow. It's a revolution news. You can go find it. It's on Facebook. Um, so, so pretty much now I'm, I'm on, I'm on Twitch and that's it. <laughs> and yes, thank you for liking me and, and clerks. I, I very much do look like silent Bob with a cigarette and a, and a long peacoat. Oh no, I do. I dressed up as, as of for Halloween at least twice. It was, yeah. it was gimme. Oh, I got a coat. Yeah. And a cigarette. I can do that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's a crowd pleaser, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That's so awesome. I just sit there and shut up and just smoke and pop my head a lot. <laughs> What's your jersey you got on there? It's an uh, NFL. Throwback AFC Titans jersey from the hey, 50s. Wow. wow. What? Titans from the 50s? Yeah, the AFL Titans. The New York Titans. Whoa. I don't even... That's the thing? I'm old school like that. Snoochie boochies. Snoochie boochies. Um, you always have a fun yeah, chat. I always have fun yeah. hanging out. Your chat's fun too. It's oh, it's it's something. It's are you it's, are you are you at partner level yet? I mean, you probably got to be getting close to partner. Are you uh, is is that bad form to ask? I don't know. No, no, it's I I I've had this conversation with a couple of people. Um, I'm sorry. I don't. No, no, I only stream three days a week. Like technically, mm. I would hit the minimum number. Like I hit the minimum numbers now, as far as. Both, you know, how many people come by and the number of hours they stream. But 
there's so many other people who grind, like who stream like, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week or people who are like officially partner pushing. And, and I don't, you know, my, my full-time gig is on YouTube, like, cause I'm making the videos. If I ever lose my gig, I will go to streaming full-time and I will probably partner, but it's just, I think it would just be kind of, I don't know, it's almost dicky for me to go, oh yeah, I'm going to go, you know, I've been back for three months on Twitch. I'm going to go become a partner now. Like, cause I have some YouTube videos that get a thousand views. It's, I don't know. That's, it just seems like some shitty petite bourgeoisie sort of thing to do. Like, so it's, uh, we just, we just hang out. Hey, sometimes it's 50 people. Sometimes it's like 200. It's always a hoot. We play disco. It's really neat. Hey, James, for, for whatever it's worth, uh, I don't exactly feel the same way that you feel about that. And, uh, that's, that's as me, you know, watching someone like you come over to the platform and do really well. That's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing for us to see this happen. So, uh, uh, while I, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I think that's a thoughtful thing, I don't I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it. If you were to partner up, my opinion of you wouldn't change at all. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be totally stoked for you. Uh, but, uh, well, you're I'd, obviously a nice thoughtful I'd guy. For, I'd be stoked for me too, but there are other people I would be more stoked for. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not for me, it's not a necessity to, you know, Hey, I got a, a check mark. Now I can drive more traffic. Like I'm, I'm good. I got the YouTube videos every day. Like I'm, I, I come on, it's therapy. It's fun. Like if I make it like a job, then it won't be fun. Um, someone's bringing up something in chat right now. Uh, and I do, I'm very happy they brought this up. You were, uh, you joined, uh, Lance from the surfs and, uh, gave a, a lashing to redacted from redacted and it was absolutely entertaining and totally deserved and uh uh yeah thanks for doing that and uh i don't know any any other thoughts about that um experience i i i it wasn't planned um Mm -hmm. i was literally sitting on my couch and people were like you gotta let's talk to you you gotta get into discord right now and i'm like uh, okay. And then the next thing I know, I'm like getting sucked into a live debate yep. about the efficacy of a seven year old story that has one eighth of the legal documents published. Hmm. And I'm like, really, this is, this is the hill you want to like, it just seemed like a really weird hill to die on. And mm-hmm. full disclosure, I am, I'm friends with Bo, with Justin. Um, okay. so just from like a solely personal standpoint, you know, somebody that, that you've been in some shit with. You know, somebody comes after them, your, your first reaction should be to, you know, go off. Like, it's, it's what I would expect. Like, and, uh, I, I just, I wasn't a fan about how the whole thing shook down. I didn't like the, what, what seemed to me uh, a very dishonest, uh, obvious reasoning as an excuse for all of it. Uh, I didn't buy it. I tend to call bullshit when I see it. Uh, I could have been right. I could have been wrong. I think most people would say it turns out I was right and it was a bullshit <laughs> cloud chase for some excuses. Yeah. And if I was wrong, I probably would have eaten a lot more shit than I did. But, you know, look, no fallout. It's almost like I wasn't wrong. So, yeah, yeah glad ha- glad that worked out the way it did because it could have gone the other way. <laughs> that was about a month ago, right? And I, I feel like um, I'm not sure if I had the idea to do the show by then or if or if that was in motion at all but it was sort of a a thing that gave me um it gave me focus because uh i i want to build leftist unity strength and power and i look at him and i'm like i don't think he does uh redacted from redacted and uh and it it just sort of uh maybe solidified the fact for me that uh doing a show like this and doing the the kind of content that i make is 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 needed because uh you know that's that's currently what we have and uh and we and we deserve better uh, we don't have the time or the luxury to deal with bad faith actors. And, um, yeah. All right. Um, any other questions from chat? The final round. That was absolutely fascinating though. So fucking fun. I do try. I, uh, I, yeah. it's, 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 I'm always boggled that people are like, your life is so fascinating. I'm like, it's literally just like, I wake up every day and figure out how to get to the end of the day. And then weird shit happens in the middle. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could tell you I gave much of this thought, but my, my life is, I've just pretty much been like a leaf on a breeze, man. I just, I go where it blows, dude. Hey, uh, a lot of people think, uh, look at you and they, they, they see that you figured it out in a way. That's good. That's good. Oh God, no. 
Got it. No, nobody, no? nobody believed that about anybody. We're all faking it until we make it. Yeah. We're all faking it. We are all, we are all schmeckles of dust yeah. in a gigantic, humongous fucking sandbox. None of us know what we're doing. None of us have a plan. Don't, right. don't look at people and go, oh, they really got their shit together. No, no, they're just, they're slightly better at acting than you are. Don't, don't fall right. for that. Uh, I won't, I will, I will never be caught on record saying you got your shit together, James, but I will say <laughs> you've got, you've got some shit figured out. You've got some shit figured out. That's fair. That's just fair. like you just mentioned. All those all that shit right there was fantastic. Well, James, I think that's a perfect time to wrap things up. This is an absolutely nice chat. And again, I'm 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 hoping that we're planning seeds. I'm hoping we could return to these uh to to what we chatted about. And I'm hoping we can plant some new seeds down the road and just uh and uh, and continue the talk and and uh and continue the the work of of building leftist unity, strength and power. So uh, I, I appreciate yeah. what you're doing, Dan. This is a this is a good thing. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. If uh, if if I got your thumbs up, that means a lot to me. All right, buddy. Well, with that said, uh, peace and uh, and solidarity, comrade. We'll see you next time. Peace, brother. Cheers, everybody. All right. Okay. It's it just looks broken, but it's not. <laughs> Woo! Yo, that was really cool. James had great stories. Those were awesome stories. Hey, listener, you just heard an episode of Leftist and Chill, the show you never knew you didn't need but still can't live without, the podcast version. Content like this is only made with the support of listeners like yourself. Please support at patreon.com slash idansimpson today.